0: everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are here with Jackie from Lee K Photography. I am super stoked about this episode, and I'm super stoked to bring it to you from Building 5 on their rooftop bar. It's a gorgeous day out here today. We've got the wind blowing, we've got the birds chirping. I'm sure you're going to hear some cars driving by because it's absolutely gorgeous outside. And I'm so excited to get an episode underway. But before we do that, I want to give a big, wonderful shout out and thank you to the amazing sponsors that make this show possible each and every week obviously building five as we are reporting out here Falaya real estate horizon financial group mercedes-benz of baton rouge lakeman's health center and this lovely seersucker suit and linen shirt is brought to you by none of the mcclavy limited they have got me dressed for the summertime and i'm loving it as jackie chuckles yes it's if you knew the story behind what today went through you'd understand this is our second location of recording for the day <laughs> because you know, when you're with a photographer as good as Jackie, the lighting's gotta be right. And so now we're on the rooftop bar, controlled lighting, control area, outside of the birds chirping and sounding like you know the masters out here. It's gorgeous and I'm loving it. So without further ado, Jackie, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, I'm happy to be here.
0: <laughs> I am so excited to have you and just learn about everything Lee K Photography and what you've got going on and just your whole portfolio of services and whatnot. So for those that aren't aware, Who are you and what the heck do you do?
1: So I'm Jackie Haxthausen and uh, the owner and photographer of Jackie Haxthausen Fine Art Photography, formerly Lee Kay, uh, rebranded in September to start being my name instead of Lee Kay because I was constantly getting the, why are you Lee Kay? Or, hey Lee Kay, can we book a session? And um, so it was named for my girls' initials, Leora, Elizabeth, and Emmeline Kay. Gotcha. And that's where Lee K came from, but okay. just decided to go for it. And even though Hacks 1000 is a doozy,
0: <laughs> um, it, it is what it is. It is
1: what it is. It's just Hacks 1000. Hacks it's easy. 1000.
0: I, I love it. And look, yeah. initially, probably whenever we booked this show, it was probably still Lee K. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm sure it was. I'm sure so, it
1: was. So
0: got it. So rebranded to be yourself, to be yep. your own image. Um, let's let's start there first okay. and foremost. Obviously. You had the request coming in and says, are you Lee K-, Lee K and whatnot? And that yeah. kind of got confusing. But what was that transition like? How did your clients take it? Walk us through the rebrand of so, your
1: company. So the, I guess, final straw to, you had been thinking about it for a while just because I was constantly repeating and getting that all the time that people didn't know who I actually was. And I'd be at a social event and be like, hi, I'm Jackie. And they're like, oh, no, she's Lee K. And, and so even though it's a fun topic starter, I guess, um, I was at a conference teaching, and having to do that with other fellow photographers and double introduce myself, I, I just needed to streamline, and that was kind of the final straw. So, um, new logo, you know, new photo to represent it on brand with the color scheme that's usually in my personal photos and stuff. So the clients took it well, everyone was very supportive, yeah, I think it was pretty easy switch. The people who already knew me knew what my name was, and people going forward, I think, you know, Instagram makes it easy. So you can still find me under the (laughs) same thing.
0: So you didn't change your handle. I did change my handle,
1: but I didn't change my email address. So that's still the same. And Squarespace for my website just lets you buy an extra domain. So even if someone typed in Lee K, it'll still bring you to my website. That's now JackieHackthousand.com.
0: Gotcha. So pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, that's So that's always the concern when you look at, like, social media side of things is if you change your your name or whatnot, typically sometimes if somebody tags you in the comments or tags you in the caption, it may not redirect properly. Right. So that's why I always tell people, look, if you're going to tag me, tag the show, tag whatever, tag it in the post itself. Right. Because then it doesn't matter if your name changes or whatnot, you've tagged that profile
2: Exactly. And then you can
0: still click on the photo, click on who's tagged, and be redirected to the right. properly web yeah. page. But yeah,
1: but yeah, Instagram made it pretty easy, and because of my last name, no one else had it. Wasn't it was taken. <laughs> <laughs> it was open. Go figure.
0: So how did how did you get here? How did you get to photography in the first place?
1: <sighs> That's kind of a long story, but um, we, we've got cocktails uh, and yeah. time,
0: so let's go. So
1: <laughs> I started from high school as a graphic design major at Loyola. I took every art class that my high school offered except for photography
0: <laughs> so you didn't take I mean, photography no
1: I drew painted all the other things but never you know used a dark room or anything like that but so got into graphic design and I lasted a semester because after they told me to draw a still life of a cow skull and then tell them what meaning I saw in it I was like nope <laughs> this isn't for me and I had some other things going on in life and so I moved back home I'm from Homa. Went to Nichols for a semester, regrouped, and then came to LSU, um, love it. where I was in um, biology to go pre-med.
0: Okay, so not <laughs> Which is okay, all
1: not right. art at all.
0: No, not not um, art, nothing graphic.
1: And from there, you know, decided didn't want to be a doctor, um, but still love the medical field. And I had a friend who was in ultrasound school to um, for echos for hearts, and so I did that. And quickly realized that adults were not where I wanted to be, and I did one ped's case and was hooked. So I worked for pediatric cardiology after that for 12 years.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, doing
1: heart ultrasounds. Um, And when my first daughter was born in 2013, um, I had a camera that you know we had got. We got engaged, shot it on auto, and then. She just had these beautiful blue eyes, and I had to get better at taking pictures of them. So I just started reading everything that I could, um, studying, practicing on her all the time. Um, and then by the time my second was born in 2015, you know, I had friends be like, "You should do this. You should be a photographer." And I was like, "Yeah." Um,
0: but it's not as easy as it looks. But
1: instead, I started an LLC on maternity leave. Okay. Well. As Lee K <laughs> Photography. And um, started shooting for people. The first, you know, I was like, just friends. Like, hey, you want to do this? I'm going to do it for you. You know, 50 bucks or whatever. Let's try and see what happens. And I was like, I love this. So then... I did both of them for a long time. Um, Kept going a little more part-time, had a third child. And at one point I was like, you know, this is just too much. I would be at work all day and then come home and edit all night. I was so busy. My husband was like, you have to choose something. So when I had my third, my son, I was like, okay, I'm only going to do four sessions a month. That's it. And I'm just going to concentrate on work and um, tried it for about four months and it, it didn't work very well. So when he was one, I quit cardiology and went full-time into photography, okay. um, and it also coincided with my little girl, the oldest, going to kindergarten, so, you know, then I was like, I can be home when she gets off the bus, like, we're not dealing with aftercare, all the things, and so that's, yeah, for, so 15 to, for three years, I did both. For I would, three you, years. yeah, we were, wow. we would drive to satellite clinics, and I would be editing in the car with the doctor driving, you know, any, any waking moment that I had free, I uh, was editing.
0: So and, and that's the part that amazes me about photography is the shoot is like the shortest part the shortest of the whole project and the most fun. Yeah, like it's the most fun and but it's the shortest because not only I mean I've, I've gotten married so I've gotten all those like photographs and I've been in several weddings so you get accustomed to taking photos right. and you know for the show we do photos and all that so it's like when you sit there and you see the photographer take a thousand shots of one single angle you're like why you do, why, why is this a thing and then when you get to the editing bay you realize within those thousand shots five are good right because everybody's blinking they're looking mm-hmm. here they look at their eyes aren't at the camera they're distracted it's like it's a nightmare and so that I'm sure is what takes the longest is trying to find the eyes where are they looking and then I'm sure there's been a time in which you can't even find a photo where all the eyes are looking, so then you have to Photoshop, right?
1: Um. Oh, yeah. No, you just Photoshop. You don't even try. And take <laughs> you don't it even try. I don't.
0: <laughs> You're like. I mean, right, maybe at one looking, point this bef- one's looking
1: before I knew how, but it's way faster for me to swap ahead yeah. than than to try and get twenty people. Um, but I don't shoot weddings either. No weddings. So um, the amount of photos that are taken on a wedding day just makes me like. Want to hyperventilate?
0: It's insane. <laughs> it's a lot,
1: and then you have to go through them all. In fact, this past weekend, I took dance pictures for my daughter's like company recital thing, and I'm still going through. I'm still, like, never gonna finish. I'm like, this is what a wedding feels like.
0: So, what are the different types of photography that you do? Because I know it varies from photographer to photographer. You know, like, our wedding photographer, that was his last wedding he was doing, and then he was going to commercial shoots only. So what kind of is the definition, or what What do you do?
1: So I generally I, I don't do weddings. I concentrate on family and children. Um, I would call myself a fine art photographer because I can edit heavily if that's, you know, what someone wants, um, newborns babies, milestones. Um, I have a studio now, so studio or outside. Um, newborns, I'm usually going into people's homes. and um, And then I do creative shoots now, too, where if someone's, you know, because I started doing that for my personal stuff, people are now seeing it. And so then they request that, too. But still a heavy concentration on families. Every now and then I'll do a senior. Every now and then I might do a couple, but that's not really... Yeah. I like kids. Just like in cardiology, <laughs> really like kids. I like being on their level. Yeah. Um, I like just getting that shot of, you know, that's pure personality. That's not the, cheese, the terrible face that kids love to make. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get down and truly capture them.
0: So and so you've done two different sessions for my wife and my child, and you've got two more coming up this year. <laughs> so we use a lot of Jackie, by the way, y'all. Um, but you're so true you go for that shot that's raw organic and just natural because as soon as you said the shot that comes to mind is when i threw quentin in the air and we're both looking at him and he's at the camera and he's just like he's got his personality (laughs) on blast and i was like how how did you capture that because it's perfect you know it's like we're both looking at him he's like just dangling (laughs) in the air and he's loving it yeah but those are the shots at least to me I guess that's why I'm drawn to your photography style. Like, that's what I love is capturing those raw, organic moments and not the posed ones. The posed ones are nice. Well, everybody, they have a place, right? Like,
1: and no offense to any grandmas, but grandmas love having everybody looking. Like, it could be a terrible iPhone photo and they're going to be, oh my gosh, everyone smile and frame that.
0: I'm like, oh. (laughs) Then they show it off to their friends, too.
1: Right. They love it. They love an all-looking, perfect pose thing. And those have a... Time and place, 100%. Right. But what do you really want to remember? Their little hands with the dimples, grabbing a flower or a rock off the ground. You know, like that's what's gonna. That's what gets me as a mom. Like they don't even always have to be looking at me. Like just their cheeks will change shape, and if you don't capture that, then you know you you lost it. And yes, iPhones take all your iPhone pictures, but there's something to be said. Uh, a, a real camera can't can't be replaced, in my opinion.
0: Right, and especially. In those certain situations where you have, like, what gets me is that, like, family functions, people be like, hey, let's get this photo, let's get this photo. And then we have not come to realize as a society that we can text, we can airdrop, and we can send the photos. So we have to take the same shot with six iPhones. Mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all, the airdrop let's airdrop them, let's text <laughs> them. Like, there's no reason for us to swap iPhones here. Who's right. got the best phone? And I don't care who right. it is. Let's use their phone. Who has the 14 or Pro? Who, or who's got the best Android if you're those types of people right. that exist. You know, it's like who's got the best camera on their phone? Let's use that. Let's capture the great, the best photo and let's send it. Let's not try to recreate it every single time, especially if you have kids. you got They're a done. solid 10 seconds, yeah. maybe per pose, before they just absolutely lose it.
1: Their attention span is... So, so short, just like I was saying earlier. Like, if I'm practicing lighting for a situation, I'm not bringing the kids in to right. practice lighting. <laughs> like, I'm gonna use a doll, I'm gonna sit in myself and like use my phone to take the picture to test the light. Because, yeah, the my kids, all kids, their attention span is literally so short, they will cooperate for a hot second. And, and that's they'd it.
0: rather be doing anything else than sit well, for the most part. No, they'd be, I rather say, be sitting there doing anything else but taking a photo,
1: right. Well, and that's why I try to make it fun. Yeah. Like, you have to play the games in between. If you tell a kid, you're a smile this time, we're going to play a game, and then they loosen up and they start to trust. And I think that's, like, the key, too, you know?
0: Right. Well, and then, like, for what you do with the younger kids, so you did, like, our Christmas shoot. And so Quentin was, like, a little over one. He was, like, 13, yeah. 14 months. And you were, like, okay, does he like, happy. And you know it. Like, you were asking the parent, okay, what songs do you sing to them? What, what do you all do to get him to smile, react, what gets a reaction out of it. So you're asking those questions and then you're doing it behind the lens some magical way. You're, you're making it happen. I
1: don't shoot straight. I have to straighten every photo. (laughs) (laughs) It's in
0: focus, but it's not straight. (laughs) I know the software does that, right? You know, auto straighten. Isn't that a thing? (laughs) It is, but... (laughs) And it's it's it's, tough. But it's
1: impossible you know i have the camera and, and i always look to the side because i want them to have eye contact with me because right. looking at a lens they don't it's not the same but yeah it does it it does mean the horizon becomes a little crooked
0: well and then i think the last time you had like your brother or somebody helping you out yeah
1: that was a, so, a huge game changer and so
0: like having that assistant hold that what it, reflector your reflector to either dampen or brighten the light whatever it was doing i don't yeah. know but like brighten yeah brighten. got it so but having that is key and as a solo photographer that doesn't have this big posse or this big team that comes on with you to every shoot it's tough to get those added elements right. that's not staged in a studio you know like that's not like you can't you can put like a a, a tripod or a stand up and have a diffuser or a deflector or whatever it is and y- that's great but when you're taking kids and they're running around and you're constantly so moving fast. like We did, what, 20 different locations at one spot, and it's like, you can't move that every single time. No, you can't. It's impossible.
1: And I think that's key of really understanding light and knowing the spots that work and knowing what times. Like, someone will ask me, like, really, 8 in the morning or really, like, 7? You know, summer's killer for sunset photos because kids want to be eating and in bed. By seven thirty, a lot of times, like toddlers. I remember the first time I could actually get my kids to like enjoy a sunset in the summer to see the sunflowers. I was like, "We made it.
0: (laughs) We're of the appropriate age. (laughs) They can do this." Because
1: it's like you know eight thirty, nine o'clock when the best light is. So it is a struggle, but I think that's all you know, part of practicing and knowing the good light. Just like downstairs. I I was was about to say,
0: you know, so. If you're watching the show, you we're on the, we're on the balcony. We're on the upstairs deck of Building 5 recording this. We initially were down in the beautiful patio area under a big oak tree, or I think those are oak trees. Very gorgeous territory. But the sun was coming in and was just hitting us and not right. And, of course, now there's cloud yeah. and cloud cover the whole time. Anyways, <laughs> but we want to control lighting for the purpose of just that. You get a better shot. You get a better quality. You can view it in a better lens and it just all around makes the end product that much better than if you're just trying to string it in and say hey let's rock and roll let's fly let's get it done it's like that attention to detail
1: yeah I can see a beginner photographer or someone who doesn't understand light like in a second it doesn't matter how good you are at editing if you don't get the light right in camera like it's just not going to be the same
0: so (laughs) <laughs> that being said, in your early days, I want to hear some some learning lessons, not bad stories, learning lessons. Where did you ever like forget a sim card? Did oh, you I have ever worse. I have a okay, terrible Okay, what's what's the your worst ever. biggest lesson learned?
1: I um, almost religiously when I come home, I put a memory card to back it up right away. I may not go through them at all, but I'm putting it on some kind of other Disk that's backing up, that then backs up to Backblaze, right? Because I only have it on that one card, that's everything. Um, and so I did that, did that all right. I have a very specific workflow. And then I went through all these images. And I was like, I'm going to stay up on a Saturday night and I'm going to go through all these images, you know, star through them, pick it, save it to another external hard drive, just the picks. Right. Well, I don't, I'm still to this day not sure exactly what happened. I know that I saved them, but whether it didn't work or glitched in the process. And then the next morning was an early swim meet, so I didn't think about checking it. And then I just rely on my Lightroom catalog once I import them to know this is going next, this is going next, this is going next. And they were gone. They were nowhere gone. gone. And how? I did every recovery thing. That I could, and it was a great session. This mom, if she's listening, she knows. I was—we were like both so pumped. Like the kids did amazing. I cried calling her. I was like, I've looked everywhere. I I, I will come wherever. And they lived out of town. They lived in Monroe at that time. They drove from Monroe, and I had lost all their photos. It's the only time this has ever happened. Um, I was devastated, and so they were the most gracious, kind, and. We were coming back from Texas for the 4th of July, and they were like, we're going to be at our lake house, wherever, and so we stopped, and it ended up being another great, great session, and beautiful, and like, you know, a family home camp that they had just bought with their whole family on this gorgeous lake, so it was fine, but every time I see them, we still like, <laughs> oh, maybe one day, those files will turn up.
0: Gosh, and, and that <laughs> and it was a one-year is, session, oh, you know, no. like...
1: It was the worst. Like a
0: milestone And yeah. so at that point I became,
1: okay, now I'm going to even be more psycho
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> about the pre-backup.
0: And, and that, so when, when you look at, and we're, we're in the same boat as you, you know, right now we're running our audio on a memory card, co- on, co- on an SD card, and we're running the, the video on our computer, right? So we're, we're, we're vulnerable in those two places. Right. And that's the thing about the type of work that we do, if one of those components fails, you lose it. You can't get it back. Right. You can recreate it. You can try to duplicate it. But it's never going to be the same as the first time round. That's why we only do one take with the show. Because, like, if we go in back and you're like, oh, I wish I could change this, w- change this up, say this differently, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be as raw. It's not going to be as organic. Right. And it's going to sound posed or staged. And when you lose that data, it's like a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Because you always are just like, I could have done this could have done that and you never ever can like forget you never you're just you're like never forget like in like, that call that you have to make to the client is the most devastating because there's th- th- it's not the fact that they're like well I want my money back it's like you can't it's like like a, you lost a memory that you were in charge of capturing like and that's the worst part but yeah at the same time you never make that mistake again
1: never no that's you'll never make it again the big mistakes are the ones you don't forget and you go to fix it But yeah That's Like I I shot film For a while Too Where I was shooting Like one camera With film And one digital And I would be So nervous With those canisters Because I'm like It's 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 just as bad As a memory card But then I have to Send them off Into the mail Like You know And away And the um, wedding photographers that shoot on film, like I don't, I don't know how they sleep at night. I would, okay. I would be like, panicked.
0: So, so, so walk us through the film part because that's way different than digital. I mean, can you edit those photos? Like, you what can. is what's what's now, the difference? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I mean, it's just like when we were younger. You know, I grew up with film cameras, and you put them in, and of course, our parents were shooting auto. Um, But you can manipulate it the same way that you can do a regular camera, set all your settings. um, And then once you're done, you mail it off to a scanning company. So they're putting it through these very fancy scanners and turning it into a digital file. And then with them, you can set color profiles and how you like it edited. So they kind of pre-edit it for you. Um, And then you can tweak it a little bit. But when you get it, it's still just a JPEG. It's not a raw file anymore.
0: Gotcha. So you're then having to edit What it's typically so is a, a final product
1: yeah maybe a tweak here or there like if okay. there's a color cast issue you know if you shoot somebody in a bright daylight with green gra- grass like that light's going to reflect green up on their face so yeah. you might like tweak that a little bit but for the most part the beauty of film is that you don't have to edit it that much because it's already ready to go and the colors are beautiful yeah the downside is with kids they move quickly people blink You don't have a lot of shots. One roll is 36. Medium format is 16. So talking like a dollar a shot with kids, it's rough.
0: Beautiful, but rough. In a typical photo session, like a typical kid section, or like a newborn newborn session, for example, how many photos will you actually shoot?
1: Uh, A newborn with one child yeah, just yeah, the baby just, <laughs> just no
0: twins just and no toddlers no toddlers just um, baby and I would parents three
1: to five hundred shots some of those are light tests but yeah. about three to five hundred and then i'll probably keep 150 to two
0: so you're shooting three shots for every one you keep probably okay mm-hmm. that's not as bad as i thought i thought yeah. it was way worse
1: oh no no well practice
0: yeah i mean you've been doing this for how long now <laughs>
1: <laughs> almost eight years
0: yeah, eight years. Yeah. So you've almost got a decade of experience on your belt yeah. with doing something like this. Yeah. So You get
1: better at that. I mean, sometimes you're just going to miss focus. Somebody runs the camera. Like, things obviously happen. Um, yeah. Or I'm jumping and singing at the same time. <laughs> Usually, if, if I take three, one will be good, and the other two are a miss. That's all that matters. All right. so you get the
0: one good shot, you know?
1: Um, so, yeah, it depends how fast the kids are, how many kids are there, or how many I'm taking. You know, a family of six, I'm going to take a lot more. Yeah. Shots and usually, too, I'm um, like looking at a group shot and I'm looking at each face, making sure that I got each a good face for each of them, knowing that I can put it together if I have to.
0: <laughs> so, what's the worst photoshopping you've had to do? <laughs> oh, this is good. I'm taking a no. sip. This is good. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't, I don't know how appropriate it it is, um, but basically, I had mean, to do like. do you appropriate it is? I was asked to do a form of like. What plastic surgery maybe could do, um, okay. and raise things up.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: so, that was a challenge. <laughs> There's not. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's okay. I, we did it. It was fine. Yeah. So that was. Yeah. That wasn't the hardest thing I've ever done. The hardest thing I've ever done was my last year's Christmas card where I blew up a small gingerbread house into a life-size and then a sleigh and same thing and cut everyone out and cut between the sleigh and that was a like a 16-hour.
0: So let's talk about that. Your your fine art photography, which if the wind was cooperating, we'd have some sitting next to us, but we're going to link your website to the show and all that stuff. So when people click on this link and they go to your website and they see some of these photos, like we're, we're, we're talking family shoots and we're talking newborns, we're talking one year, we're talking Christmas cards. Nothing complicated comes to mind when people <laughs> right. think about that. Right. But when you take some time to look through your website and peruse your lookbook, my gosh, you have got some items and some photos that are next level. Like... How in the world do you start with a concept and turn it into reality? Like, I mean, just within the three photos you brought here, I mean, I know you have a studio now, but how do you create some of this stuff?
1: So, the one main one that I brought was kind of it, I guess I really started that avenue of my work um, post COVID. You know, it was 2020. During actual lockdown, I was not shooting a lot. I postponed all my newborns, you know, until we could. And it wasn't, you know, at-home orders. Um, And then as soon as that was opened up, I was shooting pretty normal again. I did a little bit of front porch. But personal work-wise, I just didn't feel very inspired. Like, I was with my kids all the time. And I could have been shooting them all the time. And I just didn't really have a drive for it. I think it was a good reset, but by s- the end, so that was March, by August, September, I was feeling a different sort of inspiration. Um, I had already kind of started a self-portrait challenge where I wanted to do something where I got in the frame once a month that imitated some art piece that I liked. And then that sort of evolved into the very, i want to say Wes Anderson inspired, where I really honed in on like what my color palette was, really like found an editing style that was, just made me happy and that, you know, after taking so many different classes, like I wasn't trying to copy anyone else's, I just knew what I wanted it to look like. Um, And so that kind of started. And then once I did one, I was like, wait, we can do this once a month. And so then it became a challenge of, different things inspire me, but mostly it'll be something that my kids do. Um, that I'll take note like this is what they're really into right now and then how can I turn that into a piece of art for me to remember forever in um, a kind of quirky dry humor humor sort of way Um, so that's how it started and yeah
0: (laughs) I mean because it really is art like it's not just a photography with a white backdrop session it's not just your go to your church and they're going to do new photos for the for the directory like it's legitimate art by the time it's all said and done
1: it's uh, I spend a lot of time prepping and thinking about where each person's going to be and I ask my kids a lot too you know what do you want to be doing in this picture what do you want to be the silly one and so that always plays a part and of course they're kids so sometimes they do something that was not planned and we roll with it it's better than what I could have ever prepped for but it's definitely all the props the background the outfits are very thought out Um, none of it is unplanned at all it's very staged I guess Um, but I try and stage it with a true storytelling uh, Rockwellian sort of humor Um, I feel like he was so great at showing real life in a funny way Um, without ever taking himself too serious and so yeah I tried for like a timeless you know you never know when it's taken like it's not quite mid-century but it's not modern at the same time um, look and yeah hours and hours of editing (laughs) afterwards (laughs) so like some are easier than others
0: yeah Uh, so I mean how is the demand for that when looking at your typical family sessions versus your fine art photography sessions let I me mean, say so you do that once a month but is that like just with your kids or are you booking clients once so a month? so now
1: i'm booking clients too um it's a mix and i've actually started to do some more commercial stuff too so brands that have seen these types of photos and they want to use that because uh, it stands out to them and then just a normal photo would it's different and so right. um i've I would say my my bread and butter, and 90% of my business is the regular family stuff. I try and do at least one for me. I'm definitely a one for you, one for me type of photographer. If I edit too many regular client photos, I start I start to twitch. I have right. to make something that's all mine that I have complete creative control, and then I'm like, ah, okay, I can go back. I can go back. Um, but. More and more, I would say probably at least once a month, I'm getting someone that wants a more creative one like that, and especially around Christmas card season. I did several this last fall for that Christmas card season where someone's was like, we want exactly your Christmas card from the year before, and I was like, okay, I'm going to save all the boxes. That's the one with all the presents <laughs> yeah, 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 all yeah, around that. us. So uh, there's a lot of physical work. There's a lot of Photoshop work that go into all of them, but... Everyone always asks how many presents were really in it. I was like a hundred and two.
0: hundred and two.
1: But that doesn't go very far. You think that's not? A, it's really not a lot of boxes.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not a terrible amount of boxes.
1: No, when you see how much the real amount is compared to how much are in the photo, it's nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean because you have a whole lot going on in that photo. Like it's it's insane what the like a ten like it's almost kind of like a where's waldo book right <laughs> like there's so much happening there's so many different elements so many different components and you're like let me find each and every one of them you know it's like you could like the, like the i spy books that's what it reminds right. me of the i spy right. books where it's like find these 12 things within jackie's photograph <laughs> and you're like i could spend days or hours trying to find these things because they're just there's right. so much attention to detail and it's like all strategically placed too that's the incredible part it's not something you haphazardly threw together to take a photo for like it was no, like you if said, I all plain try
1: to throw something together then i end up having to redo it <laughs> or i'm not happy with it you know uh i usually for those too i'll have everything prepped and i'll connect my camera to i have a special device that'll create a wi-fi for my phone Or my iPad. So I can see exactly what's in the frame the whole time that I'm setting it up. And, like, is this in the right spot? Does it add anything to the frame? Do I need to take it away? Because in the end, I think my final products are busy. There's a lot going on. But hopefully it's always in a good way. It's, like, not too over the top, you know? And it just keeps the viewer looking, like, finding something new, like, every time. Like, oh, I didn't even notice that part. But there it is. Well,
0: and that's the thing, too. Like, a simple photograph, you get... You see once, and there's not much to it. You're like, hey, great. But when you have all these attention to details, you have 120 or whatever the number was in, in boxes for Christmas presents, you're going to go back and you're going to look at that, that photograph time and time again because there's always something else that's going to be drawing your attention back to it. But like exactly you said, the coloring and the different elements in it, it's not overwhelming where you're like oh my gosh there's so much happening here like I just one photo and I'm good like one yep I'm good that's it you know sure the
1: taco one was pretty busy (laughs) taco one last week was oh no that was good that was good I was a little worried going into that I'm like I don't know if this is gonna work (laughs) sometimes that's usually the best ones though the ones where I'm like am I crazy yeah like ask a friend (laughs) phone in is this is this too over the top did I get too weird
0: is this too much (laughs) for this one photograph
1: and it's usually no. Go for it.
0: Get weirder. But well, that's perfect. And having that support system is fantastic. Those friends or that group of people that's like, no, Jackie, add more. <laughs> go up another level. Take it to another pour level. Pour the queso
1: on the umbrella. <laughs> Do it. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter how messy it is. Just pour the queso. It's, it's all,
0: all for the gram. <laughs> right. All for the gram. So yeah. I want to get a little bit more into the business side of things. So obviously you took biology. <laughs> I did. And then... You went to be a photographer of hearts and then you decided to take photos of your family. So
1: proud of you for recognizing that it was a photographer, though. Yeah, Still, A lot so of people are always like different worlds. I'm like, mm,
0: was just taking pictures of kids. You're just taking pictures of kids' hearts. That's right.
1: It. Same thing.
0: So within that, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of business background. So, like, you're
1: correct. What? <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and that is. When, we, like, when we talk to creatives, like, we've had Jordan Heffler on the show. And, Love her. like, she's fantastic. Yeah. And, when like, she, after the show, like, when I, because I've I, I got the same set of questions I asked her about at the end. Like, you know, one of them was, what can I do to help you? And she's like, QuickBooks Online, Patty G. <laughs> yeah. QuickBooks Online is how you can help me. And so I did. I went over there and helped her out. But anyways, so from a business standpoint, like, what was that just Pandora's box that you would get into from a business side of things where you're like, I have never had to make an invoice before. I've never had to price a photo shoot before. Like, when you set all these things in place, especially with photography, you're essentially telling them what your time is worth. And, again, on the front end, you may see, as a consumer, I'm paying her what for an hour and a half session? You're not. You're you're paying for all the back end. You're paying for the editing. And my updated equipment and the
1: years of experience and... Yeah, it's yeah. so much more. And the digital aspect, I mean, right. you know how big files are. Like, I've never deleted storage. any, I have every raw file that I've almost ever taken.
0: Holy smokes.
1: Yeah, because I'm crazy.
0: Well, you, you <laughs> But I've sure also had it. people
1: who have lost them or come back to me and be like, that black and white photo, love it so much, can I get it in color? And if I didn't have the raws, then you can't. You can always turn color into black and white, right. but you can't go backwards on a jpeg and make the color appear no so yeah i i I pay for a lot of storage
0: (laughs) yeah and storage is not cheap whether it's whether you're paying for cloud storage you're paying for physical storage that you can hold the device in your hand it's not cheap right it's very pricey
1: so that has been a long journey and i need pep talks all the time (laughs) um and yeah i just jumped right in like i think the first 10 sessions I ever did I was like $100 gave 300 photos and that point I was like so scared I'm like oh my god are they? Even? and they were like yeah we'll pay $100 it's fine and then slowly you cannot run a business and be a human that has a family Right. doing sessions I, you could try to do 100 a month but like the math will not work out you will be burnt out you will hate what you're doing um, and there's just so much on the back there's tax you know all the things that take to run a business so and i see people a lot um i'm looking for a very affordable photographer or reasonably priced photographer and i'm like and there are great ones but they won't stay that low because they will quickly burn out and realize and have to be you know just it just makes sense to run a business you have to make the ends meet otherwise then it's not worth it anymore
0: well and you have to make sure that you have enough time to do everything right like we only we're only given 24 hours in a day you can't shoot 100 shots in a day like you can't shoot 100 sessions in a day to make up at 100 dollars a session like it's just it's physically impossible to do something like that right and even if you double your prices and you lose half your clients you're still making the same money and you're only doing half the work you are like that it's
1: sad i've and as i've done this more and more I've had people who I've lost and it makes me sad every time when I have photographed their baby since they're born and then I realize that now but that's another reason why I still offer fall minis and I do the black and white portrait minis because I still want to see all those people because they're all I've never have forgotten a face I just, after you edit a face, I don't, maybe not always a name, usually the kid's name I remember, <laughs>
0: maybe not, not the remember dad's names.
1: i <laughs> I'm like, dad, mom, move, <laughs> um, but so it's, yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaking to have to lose people, but in, in the end it's a business right. and I have to take personal feelings out of that sometimes, which I'm very terrible at, everyone would tell you I'm the worst at that, I just want to make everybody happy, I'm a yes girl, um. My, you know, it's all good. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. It,
0: but you're, you're 100% right. At the end of the day, it is a business and you've got equipment you've got to pay for. You've got travel. You've probably got to pay for Store, right. like there's, if you brought your brother, you got to pay your brother. Like, you know, like you've got other things that you have to pay for. And I think we're starting to get to a point where people are starting to recognize that there's real value in a really good photographer. You know, like you said, if somebody's charging a cheap or an inexpensive rate, they're not going to be charging that for long because they're quickly going to get booked up and just have no time to do anything right. else. And so those that are expensive are worth their price because of how good they are. There's a reason that as soon as you get engaged, one of the first thing you do is book your photographer. Right. Because the good ones are already booked a year, two years out, depending on how how great they are. So exactly. I know I, I know somebody who booked their photographer before they were even engaged and they're like, I just I just keep changing the date. Like I keep it two years out, a year out, and I'm like, great, when I get engaged we'll get it and solidify it. But like I had the photographer booked. Because they know who they want right. and also every photographer has a different style. And while you think being the subject of the photograph, you have this certain ownership and creative control over it. At the end of the day, you're getting the photographer's style. Right. If you hire
1: the photographer of right. the style you like, what their right. finished product is, a hundred percent.
0: And that's what we get into with lookbooks and whatnot. Like you know, so for like your Instagram pages, your website pages, you have to show off your work. And I'm sure that in and of itself is also a hard part because now you're not only taking the photos sending the invoices editing the photos now it's like oh i have to get approval to post these on social because some people may not want them on social yeah and, and now you've got to how do i show off my work to start marketing because at the end of the day that's what you're doing and it takes a while i'm sure to get to the point where you can afford a personal assistant that yeah. can be there to do that side of things
1: yeah i'm a one-man <laughs> show right now
0: <laughs> exactly And it's tough.
1: I did have some interns helping during the busy fall season. But, yeah, I mean, Instagram is almost a job in itself these days. And the pictures don't even cut anymore. You have to have reels. So I'm trying to do a creative photo or I'm trying to do a session with a newborn. I personally feel like if I get out my phone to take video, then I'm missing something that could be happening, which that's what I'm there for. I'm not there to create background content for Instagram um now when there's a parent taking behind the scenes that's amazing or if maybe the baby's getting a bottle I try but yeah my job is to take the pictures not to create content but that's kind of where we are to be seen on Instagram right now you have to have video content that's all they're showing people
0: well and now they've opened it up more to like a a uh, a photo slide they started to do a little bit yeah. better with those reels. Yeah. To certain songs and certain timings. And that's and basically all that what
1: stuff. my reels mostly are. I might get 3 seconds of actual video and then the rest of it is a chance to see a whole gallery instead right. of just one photo and I post it as a reel with some music and but it's still very time consuming to make reels. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if people know, but it's not. When you're trying to time things to music, I'm Like, I don't, this is not my job. Well, but it is
0: my job. Especially with just photos, right? Like if you're trying to figure out what photos should go before or after, right. they have some templates, they have some guidelines. Your right. influencers will tell you to do X, Y, and Z. Right. But at the end of the day, when you actually practice it and you actually try to do it, it's a whole lot more intense right. than it is from what they show you a finished product.
1: Yeah. Well, and then you finish it and you post it and then you're supposed to engage right? and comment and answer everyone who comments on you and then go comment on other people on their stuff that have posted that have commented on you it's a whole it's it's a game in itself that's ever changing um, but I've been very fortunate I mean it's free too you're not paying for that marketing so yeah. um, you know my business has really thrived on word of mouth and I've been so lucky that that has done well Um, This year is the first time I'm going to be in the Scout Guide that launches Wednesday. So that's like the first marketing thing I've ever done. But it was a great experience because I also shot a lot in the book. So I got to meet other entrepreneurs and take their photo face-to-face. So that was great. Yeah. And a chance to be creative, too, to bring in. And they listen very well. They hold still. (laughs)
0: Mostly. They're not quite all...
1: Right, entrepreneurs hold yeah. still.
0: <laughs> and generally, most of them have had their picture taken before. Right, right. So, you know, that's that's always a given. Of course,
1: it's different concerns. Yes, they hold still, but everyone wants to look really good, right? Because adults right. are... They're way care. more
0: pickier yeah. than children. Yes. I promise children you. Children think
1: they look great no matter what. Oh. They're the best little narcissists around, look,
0: but... <laughs> my, my, my son is exactly that way. It is...
1: They're fascinated he's by themselves. Like,
0: he looks in the mirror, and he's just like hey you what's up he's like yep I look good
1: I don't know what age it is I feel around five six is when that changes really Um, where all of a sudden they're very self conscious about like what their smile is or they get nervous and they know there's expectations Uh. with the photo you know so all of a sudden they become a little more guarded a little more reserved their smile is usually their posed smile they think they're behaving they're trying so hard but their smile's terrible so it's like getting them to loose up. But, yeah, I feel I feel like that happens around that age. And then we just get worse as adults. Um,
0: yeah, you know, we, we, we get, get, all, get more and
1: more inhibited.
0: We get all, how, how do I look? You know, okay, mm-hmm. should I pick my chin up a little bit more? Down. You know, like, am, am I down? Should yeah. I
1: turn? My arms are fat. Do I
0: need to put the leg in front? <laughs> do I need to put the hand in the pocket? Like, it's... All the
1: things. And we all, I mean, I'm equally that way. When I do the self-portraits, I almost always, like, we'll all get in the frame, except for maybe one of us, because I know I can just combine them in post, Right. but uh, the kids, I'll be like, all right, take two, got it, and it's (laughs) 60 more takes of me, (laughs) until I'm happy.
0: Gosh, we're so judgmental on ourselves. It's
1: hard. No one likes looking at themselves in a camera, especially when it's, like, really sharp, (laughs) and it's a good camera.
0: So that's also something else I want to get into, uh, so we still have a few more minutes, is... The, the level of quality, and at what point is it a diminishing return on the end user? Meaning, for example, we're filming in, I think, 20 frames per second right now with the, with the videography. So we're not in your 60 frames per second that everybody's like so right. sharp, so crisp, so whatnot. And at the end of the day, the platforms are going to push it, not necessarily on the best quality, depending on what platform you're on, but it's mm-hmm. like from the end consumer, are we more focused about oh you know what I really can't see Jackie's eyebrow hair that's raised just a tad bit you know I can see a whole eyebrow but not the individual hairs right like at what point is there a diminishing return on trying to achieve such clarity that only you the photographer are even going to notice
1: um well one thing is I do tell this to people sometimes like if you're taking a large group you have to get so far back to fit in that large group right Well, at that point, you have less pixels. So if you try and pixel, pick apart on a 27-inch Mac, it's gonna, you look at someone's eye, it's gonna be pixelated. Now, if I have one baby that's right there that I'm up close and it's all that kid, I can see every little stroke in their iris, you know? And it's amazing, but a lot of that just has to do where you are in relation to the subject and, you know, what's going on in the picture. And then from, I mean, I deliver the highest res that I can to my clients, but, um, I think even sometimes I'll have one that's not quite sharp, but it's just the movement in it, the emotion. I'm like, nope, if I was a mom, I'd keep that not sharp photo and I'll keep it in there. And it almost always ends up being a favorite every time because I just think sometimes it's about the emotion and not about the technical part of it, you
0: know? Right, and, and again, if you as a photographer, you have a, 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 an attuned eye, so you're going to be looking for different elements and components that the parent or the grandparent right. are not going to look for. You know, They're going to look at it as an image as a whole. And while you're, I mean, again, they pay you to get to that detail right. and that finesse. But as the end user, they're not going to look at, oh, my gosh, I think there's like a little bit of blur on the left cheek right, no. bone. You know, like they're not going to get that detail. But whenever they look at it, and most of the times, if a grandparent or somebody, if they print it out, you're going to lose quality there. And so then it's like by the time that end user is getting it, it's been uploaded to a website. They've then downloaded it to their printer. They've then run it through their printer and then put a gloss on top of it.
1: That's why you order from a photographer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Side note. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Order the books from you. Right. So it's like. Yeah. Shutterflies. Yeah. They're not a sponsor, right? No. Not, they certainly aren't after this episode. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> um, no, I do tell people uh, if you're going to print and not use me, which is I give the rights away, which is fine, um, to use MPEX. I think they're the best. Um, and they should not be downgrading your resolution at all. If you have downloaded the high-res that you're given by me, then the file size should be the same as yeah. you go across. And I've even had some people who like, it wouldn't let me upload this one because it's twenty megabytes, <laughs> which is a really huge photo. That's a massive photo. Yeah, that's a massive photo. But every now and then, it is that big. Um, yeah. Especially like some of mine that your, I've like your stitched fine art together. Photographers? Oh my gosh. Yeah, they're they're huge.
0: <laughs> well, it's scary huge. And so what, what what we've learned in the business of podcasting and video podcasting, where we're uploading videos and whatnot. We are limited to the size capacity in which these platforms will accept. Right. You know, Instagram will only accept 720p. They're not going to accept 4K. They're not going to accept 1080p. Really? For video and reels, it's 720p is what they have ca- So what do they, they downgrade it out. automatically? Yeah.
1: Oh, something I didn't know. So, I always export in 4K. No, from my-
0: so they always say to export it in 720- 720p because then you're controlling it and they're not having to downgrade it.
1: Oh, see, I just learned something. So,
0: so like, if you upload, if you upload a video in a four K, I have been. So then you're you're giving Instagram's buffering system full control control to get it down to seven twenty p. But if you get it as high res and then export it at seven twenty p. and upload it, it'll end up looking exactly as what you exported. See. So like, if go back and look at your videos now and see on your four K in Adobe versus your four K or in what you think is four K in. Instagram and it's going to be look way different. I mean,
1: I thought that I just thought that it was Instagram's fault. <laughs> I guess it, it is. is. It Instagram's is Instagram's fault. fault.
0: But like your YouTube will rain, will maintain for the most part right. something of that quality. And then again, what type of device is the consumer looking at it on? It's always again the end consumer. If I'm watching a video on my phone, maybe 720p or 1080p is all I can get. I can't get 4K. Right. But if I'm buying your Mac Studio 4K or 8K display, then I'm going to be able to see all those pixels, and I'm going to be able to see all those things. But, again, your average consumer does not have a Mac Studio monitor that has 4K, 8K resolution. Just now TVs are becoming affordable in 4K resolution. Beforehand, like, 1080p was all the rave. Right. And, like, that was, oh, we got a 1080p TV. Watch it. Like, (laughs) game changer. And now everybody's like, oh, no, it's got to be 4K or anything less. Wow. and so as a photographer as a videographer you constantly have to step up that game of right. equipment and then your storage and your file size and it all goes back to why well, a photographer so expensive in some people's eyes right. because you have to maintain these standards
1: right there's there's a lot of equipment that goes into it too like it's not just one camera it's right. not just one lens um, they all do different things for different things so yeah it's it's a lot um, I think, the software that I use to upload photos will compress it for viewing, but when you download it, totally, they should be the exact same size as they right. are on my computer. But if you try and print it at Walgreens, <laughs> and I've had to do it in an emergency, and I'm angry every time, because <laughs> I didn't get it together to order them. Yeah. And I do next day, like when I order from Miller's, which is the professional company I use, it's like next day yeah um, and flawless so good so there is that
0: yeah and then you there's a certain price that comes with that because it's not a Walgreens quality photo right it's not
1: when people are always amazed like oh gosh this looks so good yeah it's my, yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's this is this is what you pay for my
1: mother-in-law my, well my father-in-law worked for Xerox for years and so <laughs> they have a photo printer um, and she'll print some of the photos sometimes you know from her phone to the photo printer and then I go and I'm like do you need some new prints
0: <laughs> do you want me to print you something when 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 was the last time that thing was purchased <laughs> oh when he retired 20 years ago yeah. I don't know I
1: don't know but I'm like I spent a lot of time on those skin tones so
0: let's, <laughs> I'll, I'll print
1: you whatever you want <laughs>
0: So before we get out of here, do you have anything upcoming in the in the local community people need to be so, keeping an eye out for? So,
1: um, I am working on right now the Louisiana Arts and Science Museum okay. is going to be starting a new exhibit and I believe it opens the first week of July, um, Celestial Imaginings, where they're featuring eight artists for the eight planets. Um, and they're going to fill up the whole space with different space images and different artworks and stuff. So I'm one of the eight artists. So I'm working on some photos for that now that are very whimsical, heavy Photoshop, but really excited about that.
2: I love
0: that. Yeah.
1: So my whole exhibit is um, centered on the whimsical childhood imagination. You know, never stop looking up or exploring because space is all about imagination at this yeah. point, really, you know. Um so, and it's it's cool if you check it out when it opens, and a lot of their planetarium shows. I went there and just took photos of the screens, so to get all the cool stuff that they have. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing.
0: So right up right up your alley, though. Right
1: up my alley, yeah. And then um, I have the new studio space too. So love love having my own building to set up all the crazy photo shoots and doing my black and white portraits there. Any portraits you want, but yeah, the studio has been been nice. Game changer. Excellent. As we were talking about equipment
0: earlier, <laughs> not having to the, haul equipment yeah. everywhere. The this, this studio is is always more convenient. You can always right. get that better shot, the better angle. Everything's controlled. Right. But there's right. also just something about an outdoor atmosphere. Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: I'll never change. stop shooting outside, but yeah. just for my inside stuff where I can have control. And my desk is now not in my bedroom for the first time in seven <laughs> there years. There
0: you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, for to wrap up the show we have four set questions we like to ask everybody the first one is what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today
1: um i thought about this one a lot one thing is i used to draw portraits with oil pastels like all the time usually famous people but um you know i just sit for hours with a blank piece of paper and then be able to do that and i never do that anymore so um kind of I guess in a way I, I do with my photographs, but it's still just from scratch, just on paper. There's something about that non-digital aspect, but with kids, and, and then they want to use the oil pastels, and <laughs> something's going to get spilt on it, or it's gonna so be a one day. And then the other thing I was thinking, is not really a child, but before I was an entrepreneur, and before I was a mom, I loved to cook, and I would like to go to the grocery store every day, pick a new meal, read cookbooks, and pick something so i need to get back to that but i wish i could just cook a lot more meals that i like or that my husband and i like whereas right now you know tacos spaghetti
0: yeah whatever you can get out in a timely matter right right
1: so bucket list one day is maybe when the kids are gone and they don't want me to take their picture uh actually like write and shoot a cookbook would be Would that be awesome yeah that would be it's like a bucket list one day so yeah that's the two things i guess hey
0: those are those are both wonderful things so what are three lessons you've learned along the way?
1: Um, back up your cards. <laughs> back them up a bunch of times. Um, number two, I would say never stop learning. Like, you might think you've gotten to a level where you're you're good and you're comfortable, but if you're comfortable, then it's time to learn something different and get weirder, for sure. You know, <laughs> get, get weirder, <laughs> learn something Um and just experiment, because you never know what you're going to... If you pick up one thing from a new course, then then it was a success, you know? Right. Um, that's the only way we grow, is to keep learning. And then three is, yeah, well, QuickBooks. <laughs> Get a CPA. <laughs> yes, yes. No, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to start your own business. It's not all fun and games. It's, it's business still at the same time. So... I mean, I'm okay with the way it happened, but jumping in with a clear plan, business plan, would have been a great
0: idea. I'm sure. but
1: <laughs> Not, oh, I'm on maternity leave, let's start a business. <laughs> Luckily, I had another income at the time, so, you know, I had that luxury of learning along the way. Right. Um, which I think, I listened to somebody earlier that said that would be the number one thing they recommend before you, don't quit your day job. Yeah, make,
0: make <laughs> until sure. Until you're sure. yes. And, and make sure and it can support you at least close to equal right. that the day job can. Exactly. So what is something you love about Baton Rouge?
1: Um, something I love about Baton Rouge is that even though it's bigger than where I grew up, Mahoma, um, it's still really small. Um, being a photographer in the community, I have everybody knows somebody. They all went to school together at it all. It's just really small. Um, and close-knit, I feel like the other entrepreneurs and business owners in Baton Rouge are always willing to, like, help you out. Like, it's a, a definitely community team mindset, um, which I think, I don't know if that exists anywhere else, but I love that it exists here, um, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, just that it feels like a small town, but still has a real mall
0: <laughs> home with <as mallers. laughs> uh, Not We uh, we we still have uh some, some good um, amenities, Yeah, know? It has an
1: Izzos. Someone <laughs> I posted that Izzos picture and someone was like, We don't have one in Homer Thibodeau. I was like, can't go back home.
0: Yeah, no, no it's Izzos stuck here now. not moving home. <laughs> so for the final question, what can I do to help you?
1: Um, well this is usually helpful, but um keep booking me for sessions. <laughs> I guess you have to have more babies after this next one. Charlotte may not like that answer. (laughs) Um, No, um, just, yeah, spread the word. Word of mouth, I think, is what's key. Tell other people your experience, you know, if it was good.
0: (laughs) It was very good, y'all. It was very, very good.
1: Um, And, yeah, just, just spreading the word,
0: I think, is the best thing absolutely come
1: see the exhibit when it opens
0: yeah no it's there's a great
1: kid room at the museum perfect. too if y'all haven't been it's like a whole learning room at the museum yeah. and then the u.s kid is right next door oh, that's right
0: yeah no, I, I have yet to go um we just came off in a of busy season so i've got a little bit more time on my oh, hands yeah now. that's right um so yeah definitely we'll have to take a trip it's a out good there summer thing
1: um i think they do first sunday of the month maybe free
0: oh awesome didn't know that i think so good to it's know it been a
1: while but um, yeah, they have the Ashley Longshore exhibit up for a little while longer. If you haven't seen that, it's good.
0: Okay. well, per- Plug in
1: LASM. <laughs> That's what I'm
0: talking about. Look, LASM, hey, hit us up on the Patty G Show, and maybe we'll talk, see what else we can plug. So, okay. So Jackie, thank you so very much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time and your understanding as we work through the lighting. (laughs) It's always worth it for the good light. Uh, Absolutely. So thank you so very much. And thank you everybody else for watching or listening to the show. I'm very appreciative and I know the guests are as well. If you're not already, make sure to like, share and subscribe to the show, whatever platform you consume us on. It helps us go a long way as well as getting the guests out there like Jackie for some people to use and learn more about. So check out her in the show notes. We're going to have her website linked up. And if you're interested, book her. I think our lookbook may be on her website. I'm not sure. I know we're on her Facebook. So you can go see our photos over there. She's my profile photo, I believe. So thank you all so very much for listening to this latest episode of the Patty G Show. And thank you so very much to the wonderful sponsors, such as Building 5, where we're at right now, for giving us the ability to keep the show going each and every week and hear a little bit more about each of them right now.
3: Welcome to the brand new Felia mobile app we took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy to use app for your phone when you download the fly mobile app on either the apple or android app store you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game-changing tool from the seller's dashboard you can navigate to all the information that you need we intentionally separated everything into key groups such as tasks to be completed buyer leads for your listing and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Felia in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falia it's real estate reimagined.
0: Thank you so very much to Building 5 for becoming the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. We are going to be filming once a month at Building 5. We're going to post about it on our socials so you can come and visit with us. Building 5 is an excellent food establishment if you're into sharing boards and really getting a creative menu. Misty and Brumby have done an excellent job of creating an environment that's warm, welcoming, inviting for every single occasion. Go on over to Building 5 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and tell them what the Patty G Show sent you.
2: Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away, it's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s and 40s. Way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left, but the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s.
0: Thank you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear. How they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door you are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove, concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life shopping for a car. They're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you... Signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no... No other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. McClave's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40-plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire whatever you want go over there see frank and ashley it's a father-daughter duo they do incredible things in their store they will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul they're going to take care of you every step of the way and be sure and let them know that patty g show sent you